Welcome to the Multipurpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. And here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. On our last episode, we talked about modernizing your PTO and PTA and spent a bit of time mentioning social media. We didn't spend a lot of time there because we focused mostly on websites. And so today we wanted to spend a little more time on social media. Where do you start with social media for your PTA, PTO, or school? And what are some of the basics? On future episodes, we'll talk a little more about advanced social media use, but today is the 101 class of social media for your school. So Wes, you do a lot of social media as part of your business and have for a long time. What are the basic tools that you see being used in the education space? So specifically in the education space, the three most common social media tools that we see are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But equally important and we should mention is the school's webpage. So how would a school use each of these? Let's start with Facebook. How would a school or PTA, PTO use Facebook? So I think the best way to think about Facebook is it's your do-it-all platform. It's the most popular. It's going to have the most users. It can post videos. You can post photos. It, it does everything that you need. And the way we see schools use it most often is they post school news They post when they're actually having an event or doing a membership drive, as well as when they're running a contest. You know, I read a statistic that Facebook is the most popular social media platform. 90% of millennials, 77.5% of Generation X, and 48% of baby boomers are active on social media, with Facebook being the most popular. So you certainly are touching on the most people when you create a Facebook group. And we see schools using the groups feature of Facebook quite often. The nice thing about the groups feature is you can create a private group so you know that you're having a conversation only with your members. And so that can help with some of the privacy regulations like FERPA that apply to this space. What about Instagram? That's another popular one you mentioned. How are school groups and schools using Instagram? So Instagram is a very visual driven platform. And we see a lot of schools using Instagrams for some of the same things as Facebook. They do event announcements. They also post videos or live videos at an event to include campus events or sports events. And schools use Instagram to really boost morale, where they show photos of their spirit wear or they're giving a student an award or doing some type of recognition. But it also has one really cool feature that doesn't get as much attention as it really should. And that's the stories features where you can create a series of photos or videos that expire within 24 hours. So you can post that. It's kind of a quick hit and people only get to see it once and then you can make it disappear. With users spending an average of three hours a day on social media, I can absolutely see how videos would get a lot of attention and engagement because that would break up the monotony that text and just plain photos has. So I like that. Twitter is another tool that I see used by some schools. How are they using that? So Twitter is really a text-driven tool. And the way to really think about Twitter is it's your school's newsflash in 280 characters or less. You'll get event reminders. 
You'll hear about when school is opening or closing and anything generally related to what's happening in real time for a school or what's coming up. That makes sense. The last item that you mentioned, and like you said, it's not really social media, but it's the school or PTA PTO webpage. And I do want to touch on that because like you said, it is important. We spent a bunch of time talking about it last episode, but this time, just tell us quickly, what is that webpage used for? So the school webpage is kind of your true one source. Don't believe anything you hear on the news or social media. Sometimes you'll get word faster in those platforms, but think about schools having the most updated recent news, and that's kind of like your go-to. It's the most robust place for information. There you can have even kind of the basics of who you are as an organization, your mission statement. You can do announcement and news and provide any additional resources that you want your parents or families to have. I do go to the web pages for links to like the district information or the latest health information, which is very pertinent right now. So I absolutely see a lot of value in having that web page. So now that we've talked about the main platforms, what does a typical post, irrespective of platform, look like? So no matter which platform you're going on, which a post will typically be will be an image or a video followed by some text. So explaining what that video is or why you posted it. And that's basically what a post is. And what's best? Like what are some best practices? We always see that images and videos get more likes. The better the quality, the better your response will be to your images. Videos also draw more attention than photos do. Yeah, you know, I read that videos actually get six times more interactions. And so if you have a fundraiser or a fun run, posting live videos can really get your community engaged, boost morale, and really liven up your group. If you're like myself and you're not a graphic designer and don't even know where to start, are there tools out there that you can use to create posts? Or do I have to like go into PowerPoint and figure this out? No, one of the things that I do that's very easy is you can do a Google search and you'll find tools that are available as well as most people have a phone. So start in your app store, Google or search on your app store very quickly, Instagram tools. And I'm sure you'll find a series of things that are free or at least have a free trial where you can at least start testing. And the platforms themselves have really good tools and Instagram in particular, they have plenty of filters that can make your photos look way better in a few seconds and a few clicks. So don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel like you have to do it all. There are tools available that you can use to get started. So even someone like me can make a post look half good. Absolutely. <laughs> what about hashtags? I feel a little old for hashtags, but I hear that they are effective. So tell me more. So basically what a hashtag is, is a hashtag symbol connected to your wording. And it's an identifier tool. It allows users or people to find similar posts to yours or your post in particular. A simple hashtag followed by your school will come up for anyone searching for the term school or your post on the platform. I just want to say that when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a hashtag symbol. It was called the pound key. <laughs> and my daughter recently asked me when looking at an old rotary phone, why is there a hashtag on this phone? <laughs> and I just laughed because you used to have to press pound to make things happen on the phone. And now apparently that is just called a hashtag. <laughs> anyway, 
One interesting thing that I read recently is that although Instagram allows up to 30 tags, posts with nine tags tend to get the most interaction. So that's a quick tip. The other thing that I read recently that I thought was interesting and pertinent here was that on Twitter, even though Twitter recently allowed you to write up to 280 characters, posts around 120 characters actually get the most engagement. So something to think about as you're creating your posts. With those two tips on how to make them effective, let's talk about engagement. If you make an effective post, hopefully parents engage, right? But what are some tricks to make sure that you are getting your community to engage? Yeah, and it really doesn't have to be tips. It's just a lot of common sense things that you can do. Invite parents to participate. You can do things like tag them in a photo or put them at an at symbol followed by their username. And that quickly identifies that this parent is involved in this post or you're calling them out in the post. And that's one of the reasons for them to engage. I would also think about providing helpful information on current topics. What's happening right now in real time? What information can you give them that's valuable for them to have that they might not be able to get immediately from their teachers or so? Or you can give them notifications of things that are coming up. And if you see a funny post, which happens often in social media world, share it. Feel free to ask parents to do the same. And it's a good way to get people involved in starting in the conversation of social media. I definitely see a lot of those sharing of posts related to online education recently. So I can relate to that last tip. What about as the administrator of an account? So you're representing your PTO, PTA, or school. Should you respond to comments? I think that's really up to you. I think some things you should definitely respond to or make sure that you're forwarding. If there's something that's just straight negativity, you have the power to kind of delete that or adjust that or or put it so it's not visible to everybody. But if it's something that's really concerning or something that's happening at the school or a parent wants to engage or dive more into, I think you should either respond or get the school involved to get it to your principal or to your vice principal or whoever they're signing that you're working with directly to help come up with the response that helps that person move forward. And I would say that oftentimes social media policies will discuss this exact topic on whether or not to respond to comments or also, I should say, whether or not to allow comments. For those of you maybe not familiar, FERPA is a law that covers the privacy of students, and it comes into play with social media, as well as PTA, PTO, and school bylaws and policies. So just be sure to take a look at those if you're an administrator. We'll have a podcast on this topic later, so I won't bore you with the details, but just know that that exists and take a look. Speaking of administrators of social media accounts, how many administrators do you think is a good number to have for your social media? I think the least, the better. I think it's smart to at least have one person that's overseeing, but also have a backup person. Because if for some reason my family decides to move or it's our time to graduate and go to the next level of school, then we need somebody that's going to be prepared to take on social media and move it forward. And that's one of the worst things you can do is set up an account, start getting active engagement, and then just let it die out. I think somebody should decide to move this forward and it'd be a continuous thing until the next social media platform comes along or you can even decide just to start with one social media platform and continue with that. And if you had any parting words, any wise tips for a PTA, PTO or school looking to start up their social media account, what would you say? Keep it fun. Keep it engaging. Keep it fun. 
post positive things, show the good side of what's happening. I think the world needs that. Your school environment and community needs that. And once you do that, it's more inviting for people to join the PTA or PTO or the parent organization or get involved in your school if you can show them that this is a great place to be. I think that's really important. Positivity is always needed, especially in today's world. And so I do think using social media as a positive place for your school community is great for the school culture, for the school morale, and keeps people engaged. So I think this is a good place to start for your social media. And if you have any tips, feel free to reach out to us. We always love to talk about this topic with our listeners. Yeah, and get to posting. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school and subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on the show, we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible. And we'll see you next week in the multipurpose room. Mm-hmm.